بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم نحمده ونصلي على رسوله الكريم أما بعد We express our praise and gratitude to Allah Ta'ala and we seek blessings on the Prophet, peace be upon him and continuing our exploration of the commentary of the Quran we are now going through surahs 104 and 103 and the floor is yours Thank you. Quick question. Um, I've been meaning to ask you, is there an appropriate response to like um, your beginning other than Amin? Or... No, not really anything. Okay. Yeah. I just wanted to check. Um, yeah, so Surah 104 is titled Surah Al-Humaza. I hope I'm pronouncing that right. And Humaza. Humaza? Yeah, emphasis on okay. the first syllable, yeah. Okay, it's always different when it's in English compared to like the actual Arabic version. <laughs> Um, but yeah, this is Surah Al-Humaza, and um, the Surah is in reference to slander by speech and action, is what I got, like those were the two major themes, and in the Surah, um, we're talking about how wealth in this life cannot protect you from the perils of the afterlife, so it's like the continuation of that theme in which people, when they gain a lot in this life, in this current life, they sort of, sort of, forget that there is something waiting for them after. And so it's referencing that and how that can make you, I guess, cocky almost. And um, the surah is talking about how the person who gathers wealth and counts it rather than hiding it and being humble about it will be thrown into hellfire. And then it goes on to describe in detail their punishment, like what that would look like. And um, it was, Excuse me, it was a fairly short tafsir, and so that was about the extent of it for Surah 104, unless I'm missing something big. No, all, all that was really good. And and so so it's a very, very fierce warning that if you backbite, if you slander, uh, you're going to be sent into some of the worst depths of hell. Okay. Think about how easy it is to say something nasty about somebody. Is, okay. uh it's just, you know, a few seconds on your tongue. Mm-hmm. And that is so horrendous that I can wipe out all of your good deeds. Mm-hmm. That there will be those people who on the day of judgment will have spent their whole life doing good. And then they arrive on the day of judgment and their account is empty. Because even though they did all this good, they also wiped out all of their good with simple, nasty comments from the tongue. Lesson a lot of people, and I think the Indian community to learn. So yeah, it's it's. Uh, I mean, in terms of like the the MSA on campus, it's loose tongues are are what destroy everything. Mm-hmm. And you'll you'll hear from me over and over again through the years that if you can't control your tongue, you can't control anything. Right. Your tongue is the easiest thing to control. Mm-hmm. And the prophet, peace upon him, is even reported to have said, if you guarantee me two things, then I'll guarantee you paradise, control of two things. If you control that which is between your jaws, meaning your tongue, and then that which is between your legs in terms of other things, right. then I guarantee you paradise. Okay. So, so what we're saying is that your tongue is one of the keys to hell if okay. you let it loose. Um, now, a question I would have, is this sort of like, a preface to the surahs that are in reference to um, the people that sort of said bad things about the prophet. I can't remember their names, but there was one that was talking about how he won't be remembered because he doesn't have like male children and sort of slandering him and asking him to leave. Mm-hmm. Or is it just like in general, something else? So I would apply it to both, right? Uh, so in terms of the one who was attacking the prophet, peace upon him, I think we talked about him 
when we were mm-hmm. speaking of Surat Al-Kawthar. Mm-hmm. So they were mocking the Prophet, peace be upon him, for not having sons. And then he's being told, okay, we've, we've given you plenty. And those people who are making fun of you, they're the ones who are really going to be cut off and such. But I mean, it would it would include them, and and so the warning here is to everybody. Uh, but as believers, it's especially uh, a strong warning to us. Okay, I guess my more specific question would be like, like how Surahs um, one hundred six and one hundred five, like one hundred five led into one hundred six. Would this Surah Surah one hundred four have that relation to the other ones that warn against it, or? No. So I would probably connect sense. this especially to Surah 49, and Surah mm-hmm. 49 is Al-Hujrat, and there's a lot of discussion in Surah Al-Hujrat of the things that people say, and when they're appropriate, when they're inappropriate, when they're wrong, and such, and, and so that's very much about uses and misuses of the tongue, and so this is a lot about uses and misuses of the tongue. Yeah. Okay, makes sense. Um, but yeah, that was it for Surah 104. Um, so then moving on to Surah 103, Al-Asr, or is, am I saying you're wrong? Okay. Um, and so I was a little bit confused by the chain of narration, as I am sometimes with these subseries, because it's like one person to one person to one person. Um, but what I got from it is that one of the prophet, peace be upon him, his friends slash confidants slash companions um, went to talk to someone, someone else that's like not really that close to the prophet um, or like, because you almost ended up mocking the prophet. Um, and he inquired about um, his revelations because as we all know, the prophet did have those. And um, it was... I think I have a quote here. Um, it was saying that like, he was asking them that, um, oh, he was like, what did the prophet say? And they said that, oh, this is what happened. And he was like, oh, really? I saw something like that too. Ha ha ha, wild. Um, and so he was mocking him because he was saying that like, oh, look, God talks to me too. Wow, I guess we're both special almost. Obviously with the really um, modern day influence. But um so that's like the preface or like the background for why the surah is there. And um, I guess it's in reference to that because um, Asr, all Asr is why it's titled, it's in, which is the evening. And this is the time when we as the children of Adam al-Islam do good or evil. And the lesson from the surah is that people should strive to do good and recommend good to others during this time because it's in our nature to do otherwise. And now I'm not really sure how this lesson tied in to the dude that was mocking the prophet, peace be upon him. Maybe he said it at all, sir, but, and I just missed that. Um, but yeah. Oh, and then another thing about the surah is that it was recited every time two of the companions of the prophet came together. Yeah, very good. So, so the person you're referring to is Musaylima. <clears throat> and Musaylima is a guy who started writing letters to the prophet, peace be upon him, saying, this is a letter from Musaylima, the messenger of God, to Muhammad, the messenger of God. Okay. And he says things like, okay, why don't I take the north part of Arabia and you take the south part, both okay. as messengers of God. And then the prophet, peace be upon him, would respond to him by saying, this is a, me- uh, a letter from Muhammad, the messenger of God, 
to Musaylama the liar, right? Because okay. Musaylama is claiming right. to be a prophet. He's obviously lying. So when you look in the commentary, his name is Musaylama al-Kazab, which mm-hmm. is basically the uh, Musaylama, the big liar. That's literally what his title okay. became. And, and so, yeah. So he's claiming to receive, you know, revelations. And so he asks one of the companions of the prophet, what did the prophet, what did Muhammad get? And so the companion recites, Wal asr in al-insan al-lafi, closer to the end of the ayah. So Surah okay. al-asr. And the Musaylama says, oh, I got something just like that, just like you said. I got, uh, you know, wal wabr. And then he says this whole thing. And he says, don't you think this sounds just like that? And then the other guy, the companion is like, all right, you have no idea what you're talking about here. <laughs> you're, you're even more of a liar than you were before. And, and so, so that's, that's one point about the history of, of the Surah itself. And then in terms of the content of, of the Surah, yeah, it's beginning by Asr, by time. And this translates a number of different ways, by the swift passage of time or the latter part of the day. So think about when Asr prayer takes place. It's like the latter part of the day, you mm-hmm. know. And when we're speaking about the latter part of the day here, some of it is also referring to the latter part of our lives. And okay. the idea here is that as time is moving on, that's your number one commodity that Allah has given you, right? So money goes up and down. Mm-hmm. Uh, possessions go up and down. Time only goes down. There's nothing you can do to gain back time, right? Right. And then on top of that, the... Uh, it's most of the time that we're given, we actually waste. So it's about a certain amount of time of the day you have to sleep to take care of your body. So let's say that's a third of the day, eight hours. And then let's say you have to work another eight hours. Then what do you do with that last eight hours? Do you just relax or do you work more? And so the point is that most people are wasting away the time that they've been given. Mm -hmm. And, and then um, it's the last ayah says, except for the people who do those four things. They believe, they do right, and they push one another to believe, and they push one another to, uh, to persevere, or they push mm-hmm. one another to persevere into truth. And, and so, so the point is that if I'm not doing those things, then by and large, I'm probably wasting the time that I've been given. Okay. And if I'm wasting the time that I've been given, I'm wasting literally my ultimate commodity. There's a lot of times in our American society, we think your ultimate commodity is money. And then if you have more money, you're going to give more money and such. But your actual ultimate commodity is time. Mm-hmm. And thus, we'll see in surahs later on in our discussions that one of the questions that we're going to be asked in the Day of Judgment is how did you use your youth? Right. Because when you're young, it's almost like you feel like you have infinite time, you know. <laughs> so, so yeah. So that's Surah 103. Okay. Any um, questions or thoughts? Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, quick question. Um, I suppose it's not really behind like, well, it could relate to religious significance, but like conventionally, at least in Western literature um, and narration, it's like more dusk time. That's considered like oh, the turning point between good acts and evil acts and like good nature and evil nature however um usher isn't really around dusk that's more maghrib usher is sort of earlier like like you were saying it's like the transition point between like when you say oh good afternoon to like oh good evening um so 
is that is there like significance behind um usher time that's different in middle eastern culture or in islamic culture or is it just like it was there there's no greater meaning behind it uh, i'd say off the top of my head it's more or less the same you know okay so usher prayer is referring to a particular time of the day and to put it in perspective each of these are different parts of the day mm-hmm. so when we're even using the word fajr we're basically speaking of like the first light in the sky so it's right. faint light right and then zohar is literally referring to midday when the sun is is at its peak beginning its descent mm-hmm. and after is sort of like halfway down right is when the sun is gone and so so it is still sort of like the latter part of the day you know okay dusk wouldn't be the right word but uh maybe afternoon right the afternoon that might be the best way to describe it yeah okay and then would you know if like that's the same um, type of player in Middle Eastern literature, I guess, as Dusk is in English slash Western literature? Just out of curiosity. Uh, I'm not, uh, I don't understand the question. Uh, can I ask you to expand on it? Right. Um, so if there's ever any type of like book or any other type of literature, going back to like when a long, long time ago too. It's always when the sun is setting or like around dusk time, that's when bad things start to happen or like that's mm. when stuff comes out and vampires and whatever. Um, and so I was just wondering if like in Middle Eastern literature. Well, I mean, I'd would... say that it's, it's consistent in the Quran at the very least because the very second of the last surah, it's, you know, so I seek refuge in the Lord of the daybreak. Yeah. And then from the evil and the darkness, when it mm-hmm. spreads and the evil of witchcraft and so if it's there it's probably all over the literature too but i do right. suspect that's a common notion all across cultures that aside from oppression which is one for seven but uh you know all right. the evil things come out at night yeah yeah and then a quick tangent off that that's really nothing to do with like <laughs> any of the surahs i know that we believe in jinns and that's like the extent to what we believe in um, so as far as like all this other Western creatures of the dark go, like demons and vampires, et cetera, et cetera, they have no place in our like faith, right? Well, Especially demons. So, so the Quran in terms of conscious beings, it definitely speaks of angels, humans, and jinns, mm-hmm. but it doesn't mean that that's all there is. Oh, So there okay. might be a few other conscious beings that are sort of part of the unseen realm. Maybe there's okay. a thousand. Who knows? Yeah. Huh. I mean, the mention of those three doesn't exclude that there might be more. That's really interesting because there's always been, um, I guess because we were little, they'd be like, oh, no, don't worry about it. There's nothing like whatever. It's not in the Quran. <laughs> I'll have to look into that more now because I'm sort of like a horror movie buff. And this is a whole nother realm. Okay, but yeah. 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 <laughs> oh, then uh, someday, bit. someday we'll share chin stories. Yeah, I heard that. Well, from you, I heard that that's like a part of the MSA tradition, yeah, or like sort of a niche. MSA events, mm-hmm. and then you know we'll also have you know other other events and such. So yeah, <laughs> I'm excited for those then. Yeah. Cool. Any oh, well, you have a whole questions? set of pictures just ready to go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. If you so. like horror things too or like spooky things i know that there's this one 
like docuseries that was on Netflix about the Hotel Cecil. Um, I don't oh, know if you saw it. What is it called? Um, so it's the Hotel Cecil. It's like oh, it's called the Hotel, Hotel Cecil. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you may have heard of like this really crazy disappearance that happened. It was a few years ago now, I think. And there were uh, videos of it from like security camera footage circulating everywhere. It was this lady um, and people weren't sure if she was having like a psychotic break or what it was, but she didn't have any history of it. And she was acting really strange and then she disappeared. And this hotel has like a longstanding history of like serial killers bringing people to murder there and like other stuff like that. And now this lady disappeared out of nowhere. So, yeah. Okay. So I will <laughs> partake of this show and recite these surahs as <laughs> protection from Alatella. Okay. Yes, of course. Cool. But yeah, Any other questions, thoughts, reflections? Day. No. Okay, cool. All right, then we'll stop right here. And then next time, inshallah, we'll get to Surah 102, inshallah. Inshallah. All, All right. right. So have a great weekend. All right. May you have a great weekend, inshallah. As-salamu alaykum. Welcome, as